Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Flavor of the Week, brought to you by Banditos, fresh, made daily. In Flavor of the Week, Kyle sits down with one of our local priests over four different episodes to sample variations of a favorite food or drink while they discuss the ins and outs of life as a priest. Welcome back to Flavor of the Week. This is part three of our conversation with Father David Violi. I'm Kyle Hyman, here eating pastries with a priest. Pastries and a priest, that could be a thing. I think it uh, should be. A thing. I, I think you wanted to go with the the caramel filled this yeah, time because right. you want to save the eclair for last. Yes. So another well, one they didn't have there at the bakery, but uh, cannolis. I think they might Maybe. sometimes. I, oh, okay. This was a major thing. Yeah. Was they sold the bakery? Oh yeah. And so this was. I mean, this was in our newspaper and everything. And it was kind of the question: who's going to buy it? And uh, I believe the conditions were: you know, you buy it, you buy everything. You buy okay. the restaurant, or you buy the, the, the bakery, and buy the recipe, yeah. the equipment, because it's you know you have to be in this building to make these. Yeah. And so, and I, I believe the new owners are training under the old, and you know, so they'll be continuing that wonderful tradition that's been in Wells County for so long of Hirelys. Yeah. All right. All right here well, we go. How do you feel about this caramel and and filled? It's a yeah. lot of sugar. It looks good though. Okay. I don't know if it counts as breakfast, but we'll keep going. Oh my. That's what I got a lot of cream filling in my mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. It's surprisingly light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Hi, David. We talked about your work here in Bluffton. Uh, you also are are you considered a chaplain or is it a, an assistant or you're helping out at University of St. Francis? Depends what day of the week it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm. Um, last year, uh, when Bishop assigned me here to St. Joseph's, uh, he had two other assignments he asked me to take on, and one of them was to assist at St. Francis University in Fort Wayne. The chaplain at the time needed help for mass coverage and sacramental coverage on his day off. Okay. And so I was kind of, I think, unofficially assigned there to help out. Uh-huh. And so I would go up every Friday. The, the chaplain, Father David, is also military, and so he was gone on oh, uh, training okay. for about two months as well. So during that time, I had to help find coverage and also provide coverage for some of the Sundays and some of the other activities, um, Stations of the Cross on Fridays and uh, such with the students. Okay. And so I'm up there uh, now. Uh, their model is they have a different priest each day of the week. Okay. And so I'm still on Fridays, so I go up every Friday now for their daily Mass. I imagine I'll be helping with stations on Fridays again during Lent. Um, but that's the majority of my um, ministry there is uh, providing sacramental assistance. So just mass and confessions. Uh, it is a bit of a drive, actually. It's about yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's about 30 or 40 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just, you know, it's a good chance it gets me up into Fort Wayne once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll usually stop by the chancery after uh, afterwards or go visit with some of my brother priests in the area. You know, just to be there with the sisters and with the students that where I was at Marion High School was uh, taught by uh, the sisters okay. uh, in some of our religion classes. Sister Marie Morgan is still there in the theology department, uh, and the sisters were right up the hill. I joke they've kind of followed me uh-huh. probably the other way because then I went to Purdue, and uh-huh. the sisters are there at Purdue. And one of the sisters who was in the campus ministry at Marion was then uh, transferred up to St. Boniface where the convent is there in Lafayette. So then I'd see her all the time. <laughs> okay. And now I'm, uh, you know, praise God, able to offer mass there at the, the beautiful little chapel for them and for the students. So what are some of the, uh, you just said mass and confession. Are you doing any kind of interaction with the students or? No. So, uh, 
I'm on a difficult ministry there. Yeah, they do have a full campus ministry with uh, Justin there and Sister Ignatia, and mm-hmm. they do a wonderful job. And then I'm on Friday, which as a primarily a commuter campus, mm-hmm. is a bit of a harder day for much outreach because uh, okay. a lot of the students I've either left for the the week. Or they're, you know, after mass, they might be going out then, mm-hmm. you know, for the weekend. Yeah. And so that's it's a little bit of a, a different challenge uh, than I was used to. I haven't had much experience with commuter colleges, mm-hmm. but um, that's primarily my my role is mainly sacramental. Um, yeah. Do you think differently about your homilies for a college campus versus a parish here when you're doing yes. like daily mass or yep. Sunday mass? Yeah, um, for two reasons. One, um, I know the schedule there is a bit tighter, mm. and so they they have a certain amount of time set apart for mass right. each day, so the students have a chance to go. But then you know they're also they're in classes; they need a chance to have lunch uh, in between and so on. Uh, so I do keep that in mind. I don't you know I, I want to make sure I have a message, I have it prepared on the Gospels and the readings, and that I'm succinct on that then. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, it's a it's a different range. You know, people are at different stages of their life. We also, there's a lot of people who come in from the community for the Mass as well, as well as the sisters and sure. the college students. It does change a little bit. You know, some of the needs are, are different based on the community. Uh-huh. But usually I'll, when I'm preparing the homily here at St. Joseph's for the morning, I'll think about that for that Friday is, you know, is there going to be something I'm going to pick out from what I'm already preaching on? Uh-huh. So one thing that people might notice if they see you walking down the street is from the waist up, maybe you look like mm-hmm. the typical priest. I know I'm, I'm six two. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> waist up, you wear a cassock, mm-hmm. which isn't. I wouldn't say it's the norm mm-hmm. in our diocese. Why do you like the cassock so much? Um, well, for a variety of reasons. Uh, actually, I, I started this probably about two years ago. I was at my last assignment. I was going to the school, and I spilt something on my pants. Uh-huh. I didn't really have a chance to change. I was by my office, and I had my cassock, so I just threw it on. And then I remember uh, my pastor at the time said, oh, that looks nice. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also, it's different. So too. the time you were wearing pants every day yeah but you had a cassock yeah we'd uh-huh. use it for for liturgical mm-hmm. uh use but now it's kind of become my daily wear as well and it's kind of the origins of the cassock is it's it's the daily wear okay you know, same thing with the roman collar um and with the clerical shirt and the suit it's you know part of our daily work our daily wear mm-hmm. um that's one of the beautiful things at mass then when we vest for mass you put on your alb normally um you would put on an amice that would cover your clerics your collar and you know your cassock your clerical shirt because we're um, preparing for something different mm-hmm. from just the the daily work in a sense from our everyday we're preparing for mass mm-hmm. you know, for this this great sacrifice that sits outside of time so we're covering up every aspect of the day and same thing you come into the church i love giving church talks you walk into the church you've got stained glass windows stained glass windows are by definition horrible windows because <laughs> you can't see outside of them and they don't let too much light in yeah but yeah. it's a whole different reality. You right. see the lives of the saints, the gospel stories, you know, illuminated on them. And so we're being stripped of our earthly concerns as we approach the heavenly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see that in getting vested for mass. But uh, in wearing the the cassock, I think, uh, one, it's a good conversation starter. It's yeah. an evangelization yeah. tool. And same thing, the symbolic meaning. It's got, um, this has 33 buttons uh, from top to bottom. Oh, wow. So why do you think 33? 
put you on the spot. Jesus was 33 when he died. Mm-hmm. So 33 buttons to mark the 33 years that our Lord walked this earth. Uh-huh. I have five buttons on my sleeve. Uh, please don't point out that I only have four because I lost one. Okay. <laughs> Why would I have five buttons? Uh, that one, I don't know. I'm oh. trying to sign for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, <laughs> the five wounds of Christ. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So the five wounds of our Lord. Right, right. You know, and frankly, even having buttons here on your sleeve when you're writing or typing, it's not the most comfortable thing. Uh-huh. Sometimes they're they're right there with you, and you know, that's part of it. Is it's, yeah. it's something to offer up. And my uh, people always ask, "Aren't you hot?" And I told them the answer is yes, uh-huh. <laughs> because we're not called for comfort. We're called for greatness. We're called for holiness. And yeah. so even something you know that as a bit of a discomfort, I can offer up for the Lord. Uh-huh. And then the final reason is, you know, you have to be careful how you're walking because you've got a hem down here now uh-huh. and it's very easy to trip. Okay. Same in the spiritual life. If we're not watching the steps we're taking in our relationship with the Lord, we might lose our footing huh. and we can easily fall into sin. Yeah. And so, you know, every aspect of it becomes a teaching tool. Yeah. You know, same thing with the Roman collar that's, you know, shared between the cassock and the clerical shirt is it's that light in the darkness, mm-hmm. you know, that Christ overcomes you know, all of the darkness as we hear in John. And, you know, you know, it's, you know by the throat, you know, we proclaim Christ. You know, we proclaim that light to the world. And so, you know, it's all tied in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, it's become a bit of a, you know, it's a teaching moment. You know, I, I do enjoy being able to do that in, in anything. As I said, like, I love giving church tours or talking about the Mass because everything we do, you know, has so much meaning to it. The thing is, it becomes so commonplace for us. It's very easy to lose sight of that, yeah, because that's that's how we do it, right? That's why we do it. You know, it's getting that understanding of why, because once we have it, it just it's such a we see the the beautiful richness of our faith uh-huh. and how everything ties together, how everything is connected in that that union of the Lord. So you talked about it being a conversation piece, mm-hmm. which for those that are having a hard time picturing this, it's not a white like yeah. owl that you would wear for Mass. liturgy. It's mm-hmm. a black. One piece, mm-hmm. long sleeve, and down to the ankles. Yep. Uh, do people call it a dress sometimes? Yeah. People that yeah. aren't familiar. Yeah. Well, this is, is, are you wearing a dress? Uh-huh. You know, I, I was uh, visiting in the prison once, and uh, they said, um, <laughs> the, the person I was visiting said, yeah, they said some guy with a dress is here to uh-huh. see you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's what it kind of looks like. Right. Yeah. So w- when people come up to you, what are some of the things they say? Um, my favorite, my favorite one is... Isn't it early for Halloween? <laughs> That's, I've gotten that a few times. And yeah, it's just, just what are you wearing? Like they, they recognize the collars, so they, yeah. they understand it's something, but it's kind of that question. Well, what, what is that? Or why are you wearing that? Or as I said, you know, isn't that hot? Yeah. You know, that's the chance to evangelize. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. So why am I wearing it? Because it's not about me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so that, that becomes the beauty of it. Is it does, you know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. We like the interesting. We like, you know, what is that? Like, we like trying to figure things out. And, you know, that's, um, you know, sometimes our curiosity gets the better of us. And that, you know, someone who may not come and ask me a question might actually, that gives them an opening even mm-hmm. of, hey, Father, you know, what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, do you need help? Yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's, then it might lead to a greater conversation. Oh, you're a priest. Oh, yeah. Do you have anything I can pray for? You know, it opens that door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's the whole point of priestly life, just being visible in some manner right. you know, in, a, in a collar. Right. Um, I know the bishops ask, you know, when we travel, like uh, you know, by airplane or anything, you know, wear a collar. Because, mm-hmm. you know, 
people know they can come to you. Right. They, they can know they can approach you. Who knows? Someone might see a priest walking down the street and like, I've been to confession in a while. Has that happened to you? Yeah. I think every priest. Yeah. Yeah. If you travel, if you're yeah. anywhere. I mean, that's, that's part of the thing is, you know, um, Sultan Sheen said, you know, we're not our own. Uh-huh. You know, and so we're always, I tell my people, like, we have our confession times, you know, we've got three hours or so of confession a week or anytime you need it. Yeah. That's why I'm here. You know, Mm -hmm. you can come ring the bell, stop in at the office, call, you know, we're here to, to offer Christ's mercy and his love and, you know, anything we can do to help make that visible and make that aware, I think is worth doing. Yeah. All right. Well, again, Many more questions. In fact, I, I'm really curious. You mentioned that you're studying canon law yes. right now, which seems like a lot to be doing in addition to everything else that you're doing. We find the time. But also curious to find out why. <laughs> so we'll have to talk about that the next time. All right. In the meantime, how do you feel about uh, this filled and caramel iced donut? I feel it's a bit deceptive because I said it's so airy and light. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I you know, gained any weight eating this, but I'm sure oh, I sure I did. Oh, right, right, right. That's probably <laughs> true. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I, I got to give it out of ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I told you I'm I'm horrible at this. No, oh. <laughs> very very easy to please. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, coming up next week, we'll talk about your studies of canon law, and also we'll try the chocolate eclair. We're building up. All right. That'll be coming up on our next episode of Flavor of the Week with Father David Violi. Mm-hmm.